In this episode of the KoineGreek.com podcast, we look at the new Biblical Language Center Living Koine Greek Curriculum. So in the last episode of the KoineGreek.com podcast, I spoke about the discussion going on in the field of Koine Greek teaching regarding which method is the best, right? We talked about the grammar translation, the traditional approach on one hand, and also about the communicative approach on the other. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it because it gives some of the background for what we're going to talk about today, because I actually defend against some of the objections as to why we shouldn't teach Koine Greek as a living language using the communicative approach. And I, and I give my best responses to why certain objections apply and maybe certain others don't, or maybe just how we need to start thinking about learning language differently and how it relates to exegesis and education and all of that. So with that as background, in this episode, I want to talk about this new living Koine Greek curriculum that I'm writing with Scott McQuinn for the Biblical Language Center, because a lot of people ask, you know, what's the best way to get started if I want, you know, I see this video and I want to learn to speak Koine Greek like that, how do I get there, right? Or even somebody who's just saying, how do I learn Koine Greek in the best way possible, we're writing a curriculum that we think, you know, as much as we can, does that. So I want to give a little bit of background on this curriculum and then kind of just describe what it's about, kind of what sort of things you'll encounter in it, why they're beneficial, why we did it the way we did it, and why we're, we're still writing it, of course, why we're doing it the way we're doing it. And that can hopefully give you kind of an idea of what it's like and, and maybe give you some, some further information about how to get into sort of speaking Koine Greek as a, as a living language. So just as a bit of a, of a background... This this curriculum, I think Biblical Language Center and I spoke about this a couple years ago. It was at SBL, uh, the Society of Biblical Literature Conference. This was in, where was it at the time? This might have been in Denver at the time. And there were kind of a, a few circumstances that were all kind of coming together at the same time. One, I had just really started getting into these Greco-Roman conversation manuals, these ancient conversation manuals. Now they're called, this name is always the hardest thing to keep straight, but it's the Colloquia of the Hermenevmata Pseudolosithana. And they're published in two volumes. The best edition by far is Eleanor Dickey from the University of Reading, published these within the past five, 10 years. And they're excellent volumes. Now what they are is they were probably developed in you know the earliest earliest kind of core of it maybe goes back to the first century, but then going to the second, third, fourth century, and then even edited in further in later times. But that's kind of the core of it goes back to the Roman period um, at its at its base. And these are conversation manuals that were used to teach Latin speakers Greek and to teach Greek speakers Latin. And the way they're formatted is even you can see this to this day on the papyri that preserve these texts. So there's one column with you know a word or a few words or a phrase on one line in Greek. And then in the next column, you have the translation of the gloss of that same phrase or word or a couple phrases in the other language in Greek or in Latin, depending on which direction you're going. And so um, these were used by ancient speakers of Greek to learn Latin and by ancient speakers of Latin to learn Greek. And we don't typically think of this as typical language learning material, but in the ancient world, this sort of columnar format, meaning something that's written in columns like this, was actually a really common way 
to learn new material and, and very common in school texts. So you get different things like glossaries. Also, this is kind of now not, we're no longer talking about the conversation manuals, but just in general, you get things like a glossary where you have all the words in one column in Greek and then all the words in the other column in Latin, and you could reference them to to learn these new set of vocabulary words. And then other school texts you get interestingly as well too. For example, it doesn't always have to be bilingual. Sometimes it can be the same language in both columns. For example, we have these ancient uh, glossaries of Homer where you have the Homeric word in one column and it kind of follows along the text of the Odyssey or the Iliad. And then in the other column, you kind of have a more common Koine Greek equivalent. So for example, we have an ancient text like this where in one column you have Ophra, for the Homeric word, which means until, and then you get opos in the more common Koine Greek column, which also means until or in order to, something like that. And then something like, you know, later on in the same context, you get telese, teliose, you know, until he completes, and then saosis, sosis, for you will save. And so you get these kind of columnar glosses, even in the same language in Greek, to help people reading the Odyssey or the Iliad transfer their common Greek knowledge back to Homeric. And so it kind of gives you a key to work that out. And and you have this also in Latin, where you have texts like uh, Virgil's Aeneid, and you have these uh, phrases translated into Greek as well, phrase by phrase. So all these things are presented in columnar format to help people learn. And, and we even see this in something as simple and technical as a grammatical paradigm, right? So you might get a verb chart sort of laid out this way in, in columns, where in Greek it's vlepo, vlepis, vlepi, vlepomen, vlepete, vlepusin, and then in Latin you'll get video, vides, videt, videmus, videtis, vident, written in Greek letters even. So all these things are, are common in ancient school contexts to teach people language. So that's what I was getting into, these sorts of texts at the time, in particular these Greco-Roman conversation manuals where they're not so much focused on just pure grammatical paradigms like that, but they're actually giving you phrases for everyday life. And if you look through the sorts of things they they deal with, you have a whole sort of school scene for, okay, this is what it's like when a child goes to school. These are the sort of things they talk about in the classroom. These are the sort of things the teacher will tell them to do and ask them to do. These are the sorts of things they will do and say as they're working through the material. And so you have a whole school scene where it's giving you all these phrases that you need to, to function in that sort of a situation. And then there's a dinner party, and they give you all the phrases and speech and common uh, common things to say that you'll need in, in the dinner party context. And there's all sorts of cultural uh, language tasks that it's preparing you to deal with. And these are real. They're authentic from the ancient world. You know, another one would be going to the baths, right? And you tell your servant, look after my clothes so nobody steals them, something like that. And then there's, you have somebody suing you or you're suing somebody else or somebody won't return your money or you're going to the market to buy things. All of these sorts of different ancient linguistic situations are attested in these Greco-Roman conversation manuals. You know, also just your average daily routine. You get up, you get dressed, you say goodbye to your parents as you go off to school and even something, you know, you eat, you come home in the afternoon, all these different things, and even things like brushing your teeth is even attested, right? Putting things away at the end of the day, all of this, making your bed, it's just really common daily life 
conversation. And if you spend a lot of time in these conversation manuals, it really helps your Koine Greek fluency because these are the sorts of things that you're going to be needing every day. So I was getting into this and I was using it to, to start speaking Koine Greek with my son, right? So my son at the time, if this is what we're talking a couple years ago, so he was just a little bit older than one. And he, he in particular had a bit of a quick time learning language. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try Koine Greek with him. And so I was using these conversation manuals as sort of a basis for that. And so I would just start speaking with him. And, and I think I have, yeah, I've already done a podcast on this. This is my first podcast episode of KoineGreek.com podcast, where I talk about all about the process of teaching Koine Greek to my son and how, to, how that went. And you can go back to that and listen to that as well. But in short, I was using these manuals and going through our daily life and speaking Koine Greek a lot with him. And, and I was developing my fluency. It was getting him into Koine Greek. And it was right around this time when Biblical Language Center and I, we were talking about possibly doing a, a Greek curriculum and, and these then would become the basis of that. So that's how that all got started is, is those circumstances were kind of coming together where I was getting into these conversation manuals. I was speaking Koine Greek with my son. Biblical Language Center was wanting to do a Koine Greek curriculum. And so we kind of got started in this way of saying, let's build a new curriculum and we can make these conversation manuals the basis. So that really is what we've done. So if you look at the sort of overarching structure of the first year of the curriculum, the first semester is heavily based on these Greco-Roman conversation manuals and getting you as fluent and conversational as possible. So you have a really good fluent base. And then in the second semester, we don't leave off those conversation manuals. We still integrate the material from them into the curriculum as we're learning new things, but we transition into a more text-based sort of narrative-focused, we're preparing you to deal with real texts sort of attitude. But the first semester is, is heavily based on these Greco-Roman conversation manuals, so the whole structure is kind of taking what would be the most sort of, some of the most common ancient linguistic situations that we find in Greco-Roman conversation manuals and that forming most of the sort of material for the units that we're, we're dealing with. And a lot of things are taken directly from there or adapted from there. And it's, it's that idea of let's get you as conversational and as fluent as possible. So if you sit down then and you say, okay, I'm going to take the Living Koine Greek Curriculum from Biblical Language Center, what are you going to see? You'll sit down and from the first unit on, each unit you're going to be given a picture lesson, which is going to give you almost all of the vocab and the grammar just by watching it, right? It's just picture after picture after picture with the audio of a Greek word, phrase, or sentence played over it. And just by watching that, you will intuitively pick up the grammar and the vocabulary, right? So the very first thing, one of the first words is you see a picture of an ancient reed pen and you hear kalamos, right? And then you see a picture of a student and you hear mathetes and then a teacher, and didaskalos. And at the beginning, of course, that's very simple, but you keep doing that and doing that and doing that, and you can actually learn quite complex linguistic structures, such as the difference between the perfective aspect in the aorist imperative form versus the imperfective aspect with the present imperative form already by the end of the first semester. So you're picking these things up, actual differences in grammatical aspect and verbal forms, simply by watching these picture lessons. And there's a lot of material here, right? So the first lesson is shorter. It's maybe around 10 minutes or so. But after that, then you're talking 40, 45 minutes every unit of these picture lessons, hundreds of pictures, hundreds of Greek phrases, so that by the end, you're really learning quite complex 
linguistic structures just intuitively because it builds on everything. Now, the importance of this shouldn't be underestimated because it it's so different from the traditional approach where to learn vocabulary, you sit down and you see your vocab list and it has the Greek word and then an English gloss, Greek word and English gloss. And of course, we include vocab sheets in our curriculum. We're not against that. But in terms of the vocabulary acquisition, to learn the vocabulary without ever having to see English and just by watching it and getting it intuitively, that will mimic how people learn language in the real world and will also make sure your reference points are always going to be Greek reference points rather than English reference points, which is really important when learning a language. And it, and it always keeps you in the language, thinking about Greek in Greek. And because there's so much of this material, students who have been taking this will come to class and they'll attest to the fact that they watch these picture lessons, they come to class and they feel like they can speak. They feel like they're building this fluency and, and it really has been effective in, in that respect. So that's, that's sort of something that's going to be with you for each unit in, in the first semester. And I want to reiterate here that because it's based on these Greco-Roman conversation manuals, they're always going to be based around linguistic situations, right? Linguistic tasks, right? We're not talking about, okay, here's the grammar you need to learn. So here's how we learn that grammar. Here's this form. So here's how we learn that form, which is what many textbooks do. But we're talking about actual real world language situations. So we're saying, okay, you're going to school. This is some of the vocabulary that you're going to need to learn to talk about going to school. This is some of the vocabulary and the grammar you'll need to learn to talk about your daily routine. Oh, you need to talk about your family. Okay, we want to prepare you so you can come to class and talk with your fellow students about your family, where they're from, where they live, and everything like that. Here's the vocabulary you're going to need to learn if you're having a dinner party or someone invites you over for dinner. And all these sorts of things come into it so that in each unit, you're really dealing with the language and you're dealing with real language tasks and situations. Now, we do kind of secretly have a plan to get you the grammar we want you to get, but the way the curriculum is presented to you is all about these language tasks so that you treat it like a real language and you're learning it to interact. But yeah, we do, we do have a whole plan very carefully developed actually for how to get you what grammar at what point. But that's all kind of in the background. And we do focus on it. We do explain, okay, this is the grammar we're learning in this unit. This is the grammar we're learning in this unit. But it's framed within these language tasks, which is what you want when you're learning a language. Okay, now there's one other point to mention with this first semester based on these Greco-Roman conversation manuals, and that's the accompanying narrative story, right? So this is kind of one of the nice points of, of our curriculum is we wanted there to be something continuous that goes throughout the whole curriculum and that would give students sort of more of something to anchor their language to in terms of cultural and social and historical context. And so we, we've been writing this story about a, well, the main character, his name is Simonides, and he's part of a Hellenistic Jewish family living in first century Caesarea Maritima. And so you get all sorts of cultural and historical relevant issues that come up. So there might be issues between the Jews and the Romans in the marketplace, they might have to talk to the agoranomos, the one who regulates the markets. And and there might be, you know, this clash between Hellenism and Judaism and cultural ideas. And all these things are going on in the background so that students are kind of taking this in also as they're learning the language and they get to see a new part of this story each week. And And this now is something which makes a really nice transition into the second semester. So we mentioned earlier that we're talking about a 
conversational spoken fluency being the main goal of the first semester and then the second and then in the second semester we don't leave that off but we we transition in, into the main focus being sort of dealing with real texts in terms of narrative and and, and more high level texts and so one of the nice transitions here is that in the first semester, you're getting this story every week, but it's told in the first person by Simonides himself. It's a real cartoon. Now, this is an actual animated cartoon. The picture lessons are picture by picture with audio, but this narrative story is actually a real animated cartoon, right? So you're seeing Simonides, he's talking, he's going places, all of this is happening. But in the first semester, because we're teaching people about spoken fluency and, and we're wanting them to be able to speak, we're giving them a first-person example to imitate, right? So he's telling the story of his life. He's saying, You know, my name's Simonides. My father's name is Ioannis. And we live in Quesaria, right? And I wake up in the morning. I go to school. This is my family. Some of them live in Kafarnaum. Some of them live in Jerusalem. And all sorts of things like that. And so you get the whole story from his perspective. And he's telling it in the first person each time. So you sort of get that nice first-person language example to imitate so then you can talk about yourself and your family and what you do in your day and it really helps develop that fluency and so that's by the end of the first semester you now have something like a 15-minute animated Koine Greek cartoon that you'll be able to watch and follow the whole thing and understand the whole thing and have it give you so much good material that you can imitate to develop your own fluency so that in a nutshell is sort of what what goes on in the first semester and you like I mentioned, there's the kind of secret plan behind the scenes to give you all the grammar we want you to have in the first semester. So you're dealing with different things like all the cases of the nouns, the singular, the plural, adjectives, perfective aspect, imperfective aspect, imperatives, infinitives, present tense, middle, active, all those things, you're getting them, right? But we're not making that sort of how we define the units, but we've planned to give you all that stuff that we want to give you a real good intuitive fluency in those things in the first semester so you'll be prepared to move on and, and you're getting the grammar we're just not framing the curriculum in terms of the grammar as much as we are in terms of the language tasks but the grammar does there is a way to systematize it in in the units and it's not divorced from that at all you are getting the grammar and you can say this unit we're focusing on this grammar in this unit we're focusing on this grammar it's just that's always secondary in terms of our pedagogy to the language tasks which is how we're getting you the grammar so that's the first semester, right? That that narrative story told in the first person being kind of the core piece. Now, in and, and that's all based on the Greco-Roman conversation manuals, which are also the core piece. Now, the transition into the second semester, right, is, is going to begin by retelling this same story that you followed, but now as a real narrative text. So it's no longer told colloquially in the first person where you see Simonides and he's saying, Oh no, mami, Simonides. My name is Simonides. Instead, I've formatted the story in the second semester like a Greco-Roman uh, vios, biography, right? Because scholars have said that the Gospels in the New Testament are probably closest to the Greco-Roman vios, biography genre. It doesn't mean they're the exact same thing, but that if we have to identify them with one genre that we know exists elsewhere, that's probably a good candidate. And so I thought, okay, if, if most of us are wanting to learn Koine Greek so we can read the New Testament and especially the Gospels, it would be good to prepare to read those texts by dealing with that sort of style in the Greco-Roman biography genre. So what did I do to write this? I spent a lot of time just looking in Plutarch, who was kind of my example because he wrote so many biographies, 
and said, okay, I'm just going to imitate Plutarch as much as I can. If I need to go to other sources for other things, I will. I'll look at Josephus, I'll look at the Septuagint, look at the New Testament, look at Epictetus, look at other um, Greek texts from you know the period in ancient times. And But really, Plutarch was my main model. And so I just said, I'm going to try and imitate Plutarch as much as I can, but make it something that we can deal with at this level of language that we have. And then also, um, of course, it's going to be about Simonides. So I basically wrote... Well, and really, I'm still writing if this curriculum continues into year two and three, but I've written the first year of it anyways, um, a Greco-Roman Vios biography about Simonides. And so you don't start with this colloquial onomami Simonides, my name is Simonides, but you start in the second semester with a prologue which mimics the sort of prologue you might see in a Plutarch biography, right? And so you get things about, now I'm writing biography, I'm not writing history, this is how biography is different from history, and I hope my readers can understand this and this and this, which is exactly the sort of thing you get ancient authors doing. And so right away, it gives the students a nice introduction into this sort of a genre in ancient literature from the very beginning of the second semester. And one reason why that's so important is when we're dealing with texts, right, it's like in our culture today, you have completely different expectations when you pull out your smartphone and go to a news website versus if you go to a blog versus if you read a book versus if you watch a movie. All these forms of literature and media come with completely different expectations. And one of the problems with curricula in ancient languages is that aspect is just totally glossed over, right? We just start reading texts there's no background about, okay, this is where this sort of a text would have been used, or this is what their purpose really is in writing this sort of a text, and this is what ancient readers would be expecting. We often don't get any of that. But we're we're trying to remedy that in, in at the beginning of the second semester right away and say, okay, what you're going to be reading now, the main story that's going to form the backbone of the whole second semester of this curriculum is a vios. It's a biography. Now, this is what you should be expecting when you're reading a biography, right? You're going to get these sorts of elements. We're going to talk about the person's character, right? We're going to use narrative stories to illustrate their character. We're going to talk about their origin, their birth, their, their genealogy, all these different sorts of things. And you see sort of how it fits into the wider picture and the wider context of what's going on. So for the rest of that semester, as the students are reading through this biography about Simonides, they're understanding how it's sort of fitting together in the wider context of, of the narrative of the biography. And this gives a lot of good reference for dealing with ancient texts, for dealing with the Gospels, for dealing with biographies. And it's not something that's imitating the New Testament. It's something that's primarily imitating the Greco-Roman bios genre, as you find in, in authors like Plutarch. And so it gives you a really sort of nice Koine Greek literature basis for approaching this genre and, and helps you see the Gospels in, in context a bit better. So so that's what you get in the second semester then, is this story becomes the sort of backbone of, of the second semester. And what's nice too is, is this transition will repeat a lot of the narrative that they were familiar with from semester one, but build on it and tell it as a biography narrative rather than as a first-person sort of colloquial dialogue. And, and this is important because it actually allows the students to transition in, in such a way that they get sort of a sense of different register and genre, right? But they're also familiar with it. So it also makes it easier to transition into a more narrative, higher level literary style because, oh, they just saw Simonides talk through this whole 15-minute cartoon that's been the, the main 
core of the whole first semester. They're familiar with all these things. And then suddenly you turn it into a narrative, but they already have the reference points for the background of what's going on. Now, of course, you add a lot of new material as well in the second semester, but that kind of core of, you know, getting to know Simonides and his family and the events of, of his life, that serves as a basis to sort of transition into that narrative story. So it kind of repeats a lot of that, but in narrative form, and then also builds on it and adds things that would be appropriate in a narrative, takes away things that you wouldn't tell in a narrative, and, and then, of course, continues the story as well. So you get new, completely new material in the second semester as well. Now, this continues, and we continue, of course, to teach the grammar. We continue, of course, to deal with different language situations, you know, buying something in the market, and we integrate material from the Greco-Roman conversation manuals into the narrative sections of the, the story. And one of the other transition points in the second semester is that we're now getting students to deal with more complex texts, right? So we're also, by the end of the second semester, developing the ability to talk about texts in Greek, right? To talk about Koine Greek texts in Koine Greek, right? So you're going to learn how to ask questions about a text, how to answer questions about a text. You're going to get a bit of sort of grammatical terminology, but in Koine Greek, right? So one of the last units of the second semester is Simonides going to, I mean, spoiler alert, right? Uh, Simonides going to the school and learning some of the grammatical terminology in the context of a school, right? If they're getting trained in in grammatica and, and de grammatica techne and so forth, you see examples of, oh, okay, so this is what it would have been like. Again, based on the Greco-Roman conversation manuals of teachers and students interacting about grammatical points and asking questions. And so this can actually serve as a basis then so that by the end of the first year, students can actually talk about Koine Greek texts in Koine Greek, right? And this is so important because one of the objections that we get when we talk about teaching Koine Greek as a living language is people say, well, you know, I just don't think that's going to give them what they need to deal with, you know, these more sophisticated grammatical concepts and with analyzing texts and exegesis and all of that. But I think that being able to discuss texts in Koine Greek and exegete them in Koine Greek and stay in the language for that whole process is a really valuable skill that will give somebody more value than if they just know how to talk about texts and analyze them in English. I think being able to stay in Koine Greek as you talk and analyze texts, even from a grammatical perspective, that's that's really important, right? So you'll you'll learn terms in this curriculum toward the end of the second semester, like what is the case of the noun? What is the person of the verb? Is it plural or singular? Why is it accusative? You know, all these sorts of things. And you can talk about that in Koine Greek. And so that's that's one of the goals of the second semester as well, is to really get students able to talk about the text in Koine Greek. Now, I should mention that this curriculum is still in beta mode, right? Which means that it's it's there, it's being used by institutions, it's being used in online classes, but it's, it's still in development, right? So some things, a lot of it has already been developed, some of it is still being developed, and some of it we have the plan for, but it hasn't been developed yet. Now it's being used, it's, it's getting good feedback, and, and you can access it. You can go to biblicallanguagecenter.com and find the Living Koine Greek curriculum and take online classes in it already. But do remember that it is still in beta mode, so there's, there's more to come before it's officially finalized. Now, there's a lot of it already there. Of course, the first semester is basically all there. We might go back and do some more things to improve that or fix some things. But it's really the second semester where there's still a good deal more being developed and, and a good deal more to come. But that's being written as we speak, right? So 
I hope this is helpful. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to contact Biblical Language Center, their website, biblicallanguagecenter.com, or contact me through koinegreek.com and or write down in the comments below. We're excited about this curriculum and, and we think it's it's a really good way to learn Koine Greek. And please let us know if you have any any questions. Or if you're a student who is already taking this course and has been using this material, feel free to post in, in the comments or on Twitter or social media what, what you think of the course. And if you think it's helpful, if, if you have any feedback, that'd be very much appreciated as well. Until next time, Eroste. <laughs>